by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. All right, all right. Good morning, everybody. Good to see you smiling faces. I'm so excited about today. This is something that we just do once a year, and it's always a special occasion. It's an occasion where you're going to learn some stuff today. You're going to be molded and shaped into God's image closer today. You're going to leave here different than you came. And you're going to have some fun, hopefully. Uh, We got prizes today. We're going to give away this set of cornhole boards and a raffle today. Going to give away some more phone phone holders. We're going to give away this flag here. And uh, we got some Chick-fil-A gift certificates and, and a a couple of candy bars, and, and all of Tony's bases are, oh, I see. I see Tony was come prepared today. It's going to be a day of great, great humility because we're servant leaders, right? And servant leaders have humility, and as I was getting me some water before we started, I dropped a piece of ice, and as I bent over, my pants split, so... And I don't have time to run home, so you just have to bear with me, so to speak. <laughs> no, that was before that happened. It just happened. <clears throat> we are going to have a barbecue at, at lunchtime, and then we'll... We'll take uh, some pee breaks and all that stuff as we go along. But it's, it's, it's a lot to take in. And some of the stuff we cover today, uh, if you were here in the last couple of years, you've heard it before. Some of it you hadn't heard before. Um, but the stuff that you will have heard before is stuff that you need to hear again. It is the, some of the most important stuff that I couldn't take out of the lesson plan for today. So it's stuff that you don't, don't zone out on me. And uh, if this is your first time in a leadership meeting, raise your hand. I thought y'all came last year, but you didn't. Okay. Well, good, good. So we have a lot of new people, so we couldn't take that stuff out of there. This is foundational stuff. It's new to them, but it needs to be refreshing to you, right? Ready? <clears throat> All right. So let's go ahead and open in prayer. Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your name because you're a name above every other name. And by your name, we are called. We're called Christians, little Christ. And we want to be molded into your image. We want to have impact in our realm of influence. We want to grow your kingdom. We want to be developed. We want to be the the most uh, courageous kingdom shakers on this planet Earth. We want to make a difference, and we have the opportunity. You've given us opportunity. We stand here blessed, blessed beyond measure because you are in our lives first, but secondly, that you've allowed us to be in your life, to be in part of your business, to do what you do down here on the earth. 
And Lord, I am excited. I am thrilled to be alongside these warriors here today. These world shakers. Lord, if there's anybody here today that thinks that what we're doing or their position is low or they don't have influence or, or that they're just a little somebody and nobody, Lord, I pray that you would open their eyes to see that they would know what is the hope of their calling and the immensity of the job before us, but of the surpassing greatness of your power in those who believe, the surpassing greatness of your, your glory that you want to share on this earth through us. Father, we don't take these things lightly. This is a time to stir ourselves up in our most holy faith. This is a time to, to get right. This is a time to get serious. Because the days in which we live are evil, Father. We pray for our brothers and sisters in the Ukraine, in Russia, in the middle of that conflict. Father, we pray for peace. But we pray for peace in Memphis. We pray for peace in our area as well. And we pray that people would know the peace that comes with trust in you. The peace that surpasses all understanding. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we know uh, this has been a rough couple of years. <laughs> yeah, we barely put you on the list, Joe, but we you made it. <laughs> This has been a rough couple of years. Who can agree? Uh, Tony was just talking back there at the sound booth about how there's attacks everywhere. The devil is is not uh, holding back. He's not, you know, trying to be so much undercover. He's in our face. And the church has been under attack in America. The church is under attack here in Horn Lake. They've tried to shut us down. They've tried to tell us we can't do this and can't do that. But I can tell you we've learned from what we've seen. And uh, we're more resolute now than ever that we will continue. We will flourish, and we will be a light in the midst of this darkness. And I know some of you have gone through some stuff these last couple of years. And I know some people who've gone through some stuff and ain't here today. There's been attacks, and people have been knocked out of the race. But you are still standing. And if you want to continue to stand, don't laugh at my pants. <laughs> How y'all going to take me serious all day if y'all going to laugh about my pants splitting? That's fine. We need we need a little comic relief because today today is a serious day. You're still standing. I guarantee you because you know three things. Why why and why? And I can tell you. Jesus is the seed wife. of the woman, the seed of Abraham, the root of Jesse and the rock of ages. He's the ancient of days, the commander of God's army and the radiance of God's glory. He is the holy one, the heir of all things, the bread of life and the author of life. 
He is the perfecter of faith, the overseer of souls, the horn of salvation, the desire of nations, and the son of righteousness. He's the consolation of Israel, the lion of Judah, and the man of sorrows. He is the gift of God, the lamb of God, the wisdom of God, the power of God, the image of God, and the angel of God. He is the son of God, the son of man, the son of David, the son of Joseph, and the son of Mary. He's the King of the Jews, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Lord of the Sabbath, and the Lord of Glory. He's the Morning Star, the Last Adam, the Living Stone. He is the True Witness. He is the Atoning Sacrifice. He is the Good Shepherd, the Great High Priest, the Chief Cornerstone, and the Righteous Servant. He is the Highest, the Almighty, the Firstborn, the Advocate, the Head, the Resurrection, the Temple, and the Sanctuary. He is the branch, the vine, the way, the truth, the life, the gate, the rock, the light, the prophet, the apostle, and the Nazarene. He is the carpenter, the comforter, and the fountain. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the Amen. He is the faithful and true. He's the wonderful counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. He is the Messiah, the Word, the Rabbi, the Teacher, the Master, the Redeemer, the Deliverer, Mediator, Creator, and Judge. He is Emmanuel. He is Yahweh, Lord, God, Savior, Christ. He is Jesus. Amen. Sing with me if you would. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. You are awesome in this place, Abba Father. You are worthy of our praise. You are worthy of our praise. To you our lives we raise. You are awesome in this place, mighty God. Amen. Amen. Thomas, you can come on and join the group. Give Thomas a hand for always being behind the scenes. You got that recording going? Okay. In Acts chapter 5, we read about the uh, apostles, and uh, they're, they're coming into their stride as a church, so to speak. By Acts chapter 5, they are going about like Jesus doing good. They're healing so much, in so much that as Peter walks down the street, the people are bringing out the lame and the, and the sick that his shadow may touch them as they walk by. The church has got it going on, but you know there's always a counterattack. And the Sadducees got sad, you see. And uh, they arrested them, put them in jail, but God got them right out. And uh, before you know it, they was back out preaching again. And the Sadducees got together and said, I thought we put them in jail. Oh, they were locked down. But they're back out preaching again. Well, they, they, they arrested them again and brought them before the leaders of the Sadducees, and they said, oh, I thought we told y'all to stop preaching in his name. And you're making us be the ones that had him killed. You're making us look like the bad guys. And 
Jesus, uh, Peter said, you know, we're going to preach. We're, we're going to preach. And that's what we're going to do as a church. No matter what obstacles come against us, we're going to preach Jesus. And we're going to believe God for miracles. And we're going to believe God that uh, there's coming a day when your shadow is going to cross somebody's path and they're going to be healed. And the signs and wonders are coming again to our church. In fact, that's our number one goal. I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm going to reveal the goals at the end of this meeting. But our number one goal is that the three P's would be in our church this year like never before. God's power, God's presence, and God's people. That they all three of those would collide in a, in a mighty way. And you see, you get what you believe for. It's almost every year, as you'll see, we'll look at our goals from last year. You'll see that all our goals from last year, we pretty much accomplished. What you believe for, what you can see, you can be. God has given us that principle. He says, look at the stars, as many as you can see. That's how many your descendants will be. Look as far as the east or west. Look all around you. Whatever you can see, you can have. It's called faith. And we need supernatural power. We've, we have struggled and we have strived in our own strength and we have accomplished only so much. But God is looking for those who are ready for supernatural this is a supernatural time. Uh, the, the devil is, is pulling out his supernatural, and we're going to pull out ours. And ours is bigger than his. And anyway, they didn't like Peter's answer, so they had him flogged. Peter and the apostles were flogged, but you know what they did? They left, praising God that they were counted worthy to suffer for Jesus' name's sake. So are you ready to enter into the great unknown? Do you have the faith to, to take the hits and keep moving forward? Because I'm not promising it's going to be just because you're preaching, just because you're doing good, that you're not going to get arrested. Just because you, you, you're healing folks and, and going around doing good, that's what got Jesus killed. And that's what got the disciples arrested time after time and beaten. But when you know you why, and you know it is in whom you believe, you will persevere, and you will overcome, and there will be a crown laid up for you. And for all who overcome. I want to go around the room real quick. Uh, since we got so many people, just just tell them tell us your name and what department you serve in, and uh, or departments that you serve in, and then for an icebreaker question, I want you to tell me one thing that you either love or you hate about Chick Fil A. You ready? Who wants to go first? Oh, and, okay, we'll go around this way then. Time's up, Aunt. Good answers, good answers. I'm 
guy, and I'm here to equip the the saints for the work of the ministry. And what I like about Chick-fil-A is that uh, they went into business with good values. They they knew uh, who they serve. They've been blessed because of those values. I like that they know exactly what they do. They're simplistic. Their menu is simple. It's not complex. They're not stretching themselves to to make fried watermelon and and you know goat soup at this you know they know what they do and they do those few things very well and they're very organized and and their attitude when you go there you feel like they value you right does everybody agree i mean some people don't like their food or whatever but but their business model uh i believe is inspired by Christian principles. And I believe their business model would most uh, be similar to the, the model that we use as a church. We want to be simplistic. We want to do few things. We don't want to wear the sheep out, but we want to do those few things well. We want to do them with integrity, and when people come through these doors, we want, we want to tell them that you matter, Right? So, so the, and then of course, we want to have integrity about what we do. So, I think Chick Fil A was a uh, is a good company, and we got some Chick Fil A gift cards there. In fact, let's go ahead and uh, draw the first name. Hmm? We can't close on Sunday, but they close on Sunday, so we so people can come here. <laughs> Once you get, once you pick something, you do what you want. Okay. What we're going to do is we're going to draw the first name, and you'll get a choice of anything on that table. You got three gift cards to Chick Fil A. You got two candy bars or some more phone holders. Later on, in that, as we get towards the end, we'll raffle off this and that. So the first one will get a choice of what they want off of that table. No, once you win, you, your name's taken out. So you may not want to win early. And the first name is Samuel. All right, make your choice, Samuel. Huh? Those are, f- yes. Number two. Proverbs eleven fourteen says, "Where there is no guidance, or you could say leadership, the people fall. But in the abundance of counselors, there is victory. And you are the ones God has chosen." to ensure that Passion Church is healthy and growing. Some of you may say, well, I'm not really leading anything right now, or 
uh, you know, I don't know why I've been asked to be here. Well, you've been asked to be here because either you're, you are a leader, well, because you are a leader, and you may not have emerged yet, but we see your leadership capability. We see your heart, and we know that one day you will be a leader, and this is to help you grow in your leadership ability here today. So who is a Christian leader? Luke twenty two twenty six says, Jesus says, the one who is greatest among you must become like the youngest and the leader like a servant. So I, I know you know that, that leaders in the church must be different than leaders in the world. A Christian leader is a servant possessing credibility and capability to influence people to pursue God-given purposes. Basically, leadership is influence. And it's been noted that you have influence in this church and that you have the ability, you, ha you have credibility, and you have capability. You have proven yourself. So what should a Christian leader look like? We've asked who is a Christian leader. Now what should he look like? Someone growing in Christ, praying, reading your Bible. Someone who can organize yourself and your responsibilities. Uh, to Someone who learns to hear and follow the Holy Spirit. You'd be surprised how many Christians today go to church on Sunday, and that's about the extent of their Christianity. They don't ask, they don't speak with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> they don't acknowledge he's in there. They don't get filled with the Holy Spirit. They are carnal Christians. And that was not God's intent at all to send Jesus down here so we could just do life in our own strength. He wanted to give us his power. Uh, Christian leaders should lie, uh, live, lie, laugh, and love. <laughs> now, we know as Christian leaders, I, I, we went around this room and we heard all the things that you do in the church. And we don't forget for a second all the things that you do in your work life. And it's the ways you serve during the week and the family that you're raising and all the things that you're doing, right? So we know uh, that you are doing a lot. But to be successful at these things, we have to hear from the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we have the Holy Spirit, we learn to live and laugh and love in the midst of all our situations. And then we learn to extend mercy to others. We're merciful people. We extend mercy to others, and we must learn to extend it to ourselves. For example, if you are completely stressed out, you need to tell somebody in the church to say, hey, I am going through a period in my life. I need a little break here. Extend yourself some mercy, and we will be merciful to you. This is not a, a, a slave-driving place here. You, know, you understand? We all go through things. Uh, we all make mistakes. Some of us will sin and say, oh, I can't serve in the church no more. No, you need, to, you need to repent before God and get your forgiveness and pick yourself back up. It's just all part of the race, and we need to learn to live, lie, uh, laugh, and love. And once, once again, never forget why we do what we do, and his name is Jesus. The name above every other name. All those names that, that he's called by that we saw in that video. Every one of them is a name above every other name.
Jeremiah 3.15 says, God says, I will give you shepherds after mine own heart who will guide you with knowledge and understanding. Leaders have a shepherd's heart. What does a shepherd long to do? He longs to keep people together. He don't want sheep wandering off and getting hurt. They recognize when somebody is straying from the church or from their group. We recognize when somebody's having a rough day. They need to be anointed with oil. They recognize when when one of them is injured, you know, and and they they bind their wounds up. A shepherd's heart is is a must for a Christian leader. You can't just say, you know, I don't need anybody else. Your heart as a Christian leader is, is drawn to the sheep. So how do we do this? Four ways. Um, first one is modeling. We're thermostats and not thermometers. Uh, we set the temperature in the church. As this leadership goes, so our church goes. If we, if we didn't come in here and laugh and love today, then that's a bad sign for the church coming up this year. If we're all in here grumbling and complaining, I can't believe I got to be at another one of these meetings. You know, it's okay to feel that way for a minute. Yeah, that's what you got to do. You got to shake yourself off and say, hey, no, this is vitally important. And we we remind ourselves of our why. And uh, if we're not excited, the church is not excited. We set the temperature in the church. When we murmur and complain about the way things are going, about our leadership or these kind of things, well, they will too. And like Angie said, it's like peeing in the pool we got to swim in. This is, this is what God has charged us with, this church. We are leaders of this church. We've got to be keepers of this culture right here. We are the ones who determine the course and the direction and uh, people's attitudes. And if we don't support each other, they won't support us. If we only do just enough to get by, if we, oh, I got to serve today at the church. I'm going to get there, you know, right on time, maybe a little late. Nobody will know. You know, if we just serve just enough to get by, we don't do our best, then our church will always be mediocre. But when people see you, like Brother Terry got here an hour early today to help me with whatever needed to be done. You know, those kind of things are contagious. And people, they say, well, I see everybody else doing this. I want it. This is, must be the way it's done. So what kind of church do you want? This is, I always tell you every year at this conference, this is our church. This is not Pastor Guy's church. This is not Pastor Vickers' church. This is not some passion church that we, some corporation, this is our church. You own this. God has given you stake in this. And we can make it what we want to make it. This church will never go where leaders won't go first. We want a church that's, that reaches out to our community, then we need to be the ones leading the outreaches. If we want to be a church, you want to be able to tell your friends, our church is a praying church. Well, then you need to come to prayer sometimes. I know some of your schedules can't make it all the time, but maybe try to, if you're not coming at all, come once a quarter. Pray from home. 
we got to be a praying church. I'm firm on that. Uh, But whatever we want, we leaders, by, by very definition, lead the other people to do that, right? And, of course, moral failings and backsliding leaders can do tremendous harm to themselves and others. So we, we must uh, first keep our own self, right? We must keep our heart right with God. Not that any of us are perfect, but we have a perfect heart towards the Lord, and we're quick to repent. So we model what we want seen in our church. We, want, we model what we want our church to look like. <clears throat> Number two, motivating. Leaders inspire. We follow them because we want to. People shouldn't have to follow you because they have to, but because they see something in you that they want to be like. Leaders motivate ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Godly motivation includes being genuine, sincere, and caring, having a cheerful attitude, and always being optimistic. If you're not those things, and you, you know you have these character flaws where you, you're pessimistic and work and let God have his way in you because others are watching. Always be encouraging. See the best in others. It's easy to see somebody else and see their flaws, right? You can look at somebody and say, man, they're always late. They're always lazy. They don't do very good. But The world would pick those things apart and bring them down and push them down. But we see the good things about people. And if there's a time to address laziness and those kind of issues, right? But we're going to even do that in an encouraging way. Uh, Pray for people, point them to Jesus, and remind them of their why. That's one of the most important things that you can do. People are working in the nursery, man, I've had to work back here three times this month. I'm just wore out. And, uh, I, you know, Pastor Guy ain't paying me nothing. You know, and they get these attitudes or whatever. Okay, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this in the first place? Because if, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, there's my mama. <laughs> <coughs> take that. Yeah, I might want to take that. Okay, so. And, and then <laughs> be merciful to people when they fail, you know. And then I, I highlighted this one on my page. I don't think you have it. Are we having fun? You might want to write that one down. You say, it just ain't fun vacuuming, Pastor. It just ain't fun doing this or whatever. Remember your why and make it fun. Try your best to make it fun for you and for those around you. We can do this. We're a fun-loving church, right? Anybody need to go over our banner? We're a warm, fun-loving family eager to reach out with God's love and restore all who have lost their way. Everyone matters. We're a hospital of hope and a fire igniting the passionate pursuit of true purpose in people's lives. All right, so we're motivators. We got our we got our own hearts together. 
We got our why together. We're motivating others to do the same, and we're mentoring. Number three is mentoring. It's more than just telling people what to do. It's walking life out with them as a leader. I see Joe in the Sunday mornings now. He's getting his new leaders. He's walking them through the paces. He's going down the list and showing them. He's not saying, oh, well, yeah, come Sunday and and, uh, you'll figure it out. Just watch so-and-so. He's mentoring people, you know. You have to spend time with those that you lead. Me and Miss Denise, you know, we had like four or five different meetings the past month just trying to get those people there because it's so important to restaff our kingdom kids. But, uh, you know, it must be done. We'd, we'd come here on a, give up a Saturday to come here just for one person if we could get them to come here so that we can teach them what we're trying to, we can motivate them to see that they can serve the Lord in this way. Uh, 2 Timothy 2.2, this church was almost named Church 2.2.2 because of this scripture. Seriously, at one point, Pastor Paul wanted to change our name. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. And that is basically the core of everything we're doing here, disciple making. We're taking this word of God, things that we have heard from the word of God, and we're giving it to others and encouraging them to give it to others. It's a multiplication through mentoring like that. And then fourth, mobilizing. Great leaders put together a game plan and lead troops into battle. Maybe you've been serving in your position for six years. When you first got there, you were excited to be a leader. You wanted to do a good job. You prayed and asked God, what do I do now? How do I do this? You were anxious. You didn't know how to do the job, but you put a plan together and God blessed it. And you rose up and you you led. And now six years later, you're still going by that same plan. There's been no new innovations. There's been no new hearing from God. There's no fresh bread in your department. I want to encourage you today to remotivate yourself and remobilize yourself because if your troops are just sitting there languishing, just doing a job, then you're not leading them into battle. You know what I'm saying? We are not here just to open the doors on Sunday and say we played church. We are changing lives, and your people in your department are your responsibility. They are your field. They are your sheep. So think of new ways to encourage and motivate them and to add new ways of doing things. People people need change. We can't do the same thing over and over and expect new results, right? So where was we at? Uh, Continually stretch the limits of their abilities and their faith. I know some people feel like, well, I know they do so much already. I don't want to ask them to do anything else. And I'm not sure if they could do this. If I ask them, what if they failed, right? Then they they would feel bad, and I would feel bad for having asked them. No, that's not what leaders do. Leaders push and prod. Shepherds have a staff, and they lead sheep to do great things. To climb big mountains. You know what I'm saying? We must push people to their their 
potential. Leaders push people to their potential. If we're all just sitting in our comfort zone, this church will not change. Push people to their potential. That's good. I should write that down. Get into action. Winning isn't done on on the bench. Push people to their potential. That's right. It, it may hurt their flesh. You know, understand that. We're not asking them to be comfortable. We're not trying to make people comfortable. We are asking them to go beyond their flesh and, and tread on ground that only God's spirit can carry them to. But that's what we do. We inspire. That's what leaders do. The basic of a leader is to inspire. A leader should be able to say like the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 11. 1. We should... We should change our church to church one 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 one. Just kidding. Follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Did Jesus just settle? Did he just make it comfortable for himself and gather him a few disciples? Was he comf- comf- trying to get to a place where he could quit and s- settle down? What did Jesus ask of his followers? He said, "Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men." One simple focus here at Passion Church is making disciples. And, you know, if you've been through the Next Step class, you hear me harp on the idea that it's not about the task. It's about your people. As leaders, it's about your people. It's about developing your people. I always use the example, okay, well, they got to put pins in the back of the chairs, right? That's their task. But it's, that's not what we're called to do is to tell people how to put pins in the back of chairs. You are there to grow them to their potential and to potentially lead them to, to a ministry of their own, you know, in the church. To greater and greater heights. Believe in them. Show them that they can do more. So we're, we got two things here as a church. Members keeping it simple like. Chick-fil-A, I don't know what their two things are, but ours are the Great Commission and the Great Commandment. We're making disciples, and we're loving the Lord our God. One simple method, follow Jesus. Keep pointing them to their why. Keep, help them understand that their life, their real life, as it says in the New Living Translation, their real life is hidden with God in Christ Jesus. We're trying to show them that, yes, your job is important. Yes, you know, your your gym membership is important. All the things that you've got, your hobbies are important to a degree. But if you really want to find yourself and your best life and live it now, do like me. Give it all to Jesus, and he will lead you down the way. That's what we're called, the way, Right? Get into action. Winning isn't done on the beach, on the bench. We already said that. Okay, so is, that's good preaching. Winning isn't always done on the beach. <laughs> we must never lose sight of these two main things. That's our main thing, right? I'm sorry. Leaders' main focus should be the people and to equip them to fish for more people. Giving others a chance to utilize their gifts. Okay, so say you got say you're working the ushers, you're a leader in the ushers, you're showing them how to 
put pins in the back of chairs and show them how to sh- shake hands and stuff. Say, why don't you invite your friends? You're a fisher of men. We're training everybody. When you're leading a life group, don't just be happy that you got a filled up life group. Say, are you inviting your friends? Our whole mission is to fish for people. So always keep that in mind. Love them like Jesus loves them and and help them understand their main thing. Passion Church must stay true to our vision. Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Or they just languish. They just, I don't know what this word perish means. It doesn't sound good. Maybe, it, I, don't mean, I don't believe it means that they die, but maybe they just die on the inside. Their value perishes to society. But we have vision. God has given us vision on these walls. We have clear commands on what we are to do. And if, if this vision, your heart doesn't line up with this vision, then you are at the wrong church. You need to go to a place where your heart lines up with the vision of that church. But I believe you're at the right place. So we got to stay true to our vision. Our mission is to help God's vision for us as a church come to pass. The word come came out of there. God will do it, but he chooses to do it through us. And he's waiting on us to get her done. We must remain true to our core values. And then I ask, do you know your department's vision statement? Where you work, do you know what their vision statement is? And I would add, do your, does your department have a vision statement? Most of them don't. That's probably why you don't know it. It needs to be simple, clear. It needs to be one sentence. You be, need to be able to tell people who you are in one sentence. When people come to your department, leaders, you need to be able to tell people, this is who we are. This is what we do. It doesn't need to be a whole paragraph and list out all the things you do. It needs to be your heart, your vision for that department. And if you don't know what your department's vision is, uh, you need to ask somebody, or you need, if you're a leader, you need to put one together, and you need to begin to push it. When I was teaching in the children's church for 10 years, Pastor Paul's vision was love God, his people, his purposes. That was the only banner we had that I inherited. I painted, painted it on every wall. When I painted it on the children's church wall. When I came to youth, I painted it on that wall. I preached on it almost all the time. I harped on that because that's our vision. And those departments grew when they knew, when they hooked up with what God was trying to do. Something as simple as love God, his people, his purposes. You could preach on that until the cows come home. All right, let's take a, a quick restroom break and we'll come. listening to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.